I'm telling y'all, this is the beauty of walking with God. There is no one like him. Your relationship with God is the safest relationship you will ever be in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Born Again Podcast Q&A episode with my friend Charlene Provolis. Now, many of you have already heard Charlene on episode one, so it's fun that we've started and are going to end this together. We are one year wiser and going to take your questions. And we say Q&A, but maybe it's more of a Q&R, a question and response Um, time in the episode that follows. Um, Once again, Charlene is just dropping pure wisdom and gold uh, the whole time. And uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Before we go any further, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Born Again podcast. It's been a blast to make it over the past year. It's been really sweet to hear all the feedback from you guys. Um, And I've loved it. So thank you. Originally, it was really only supposed to be these 10 episodes, and I'm really kind of fine for that to be how it is. But I have been asked, will there be more Born Again podcast? And I think that's a good question. So here's the challenge. If you go to Spotify, I have currently, let's see, I have 77 reviews. I got 4.9 stars on Spotify. Not too bad. If I go to Apple, all right, I've got 79 and I'm at a 5.0. Not bad. All right. So here's what we'll do. If I see either of those hit 200 reviews, I will bring a second season of Born Again podcast uh, to you guys at its wonderful leisurely pace as always. But I'll keep this thing going if you can tell me that you want it. Sound like a deal? Okay, guys, let's jump in. This is my question and response episode with Charlene Provolis. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? I'm back with Charlene Provost. I promised this long ago, almost a year ago. Yeah, for real. That we would have a final episode and take your questions and that I would have my friend Charlene back with me. And it's happening. So hello. Thank you for being back. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. I'm ready. I know. This is going to be a blast. We've um, gotten questions from you guys really through the past six months or so. Uh, We're going to take one at a time. Uh, I'm really excited because I love Charlene's um, mind about things. You just like, you don't hold back. (laughs) You say it how it is. But you're incredibly loving too. So I like, I do, it's this wonderful mix of like truth and love, like at the same time. And you just don't beat around the bush. And so I think that's important because we're trying to answer people's direct questions that are coming from their real lives. And we already, as we were reading through them, we just like, we're filled with compassion for you guys Mm. who um, entered these questions because yeah, it, it matters to us that you listened and that you were moved by the podcast and that you saw your own story in it and that you cared to write in, um, to talk more with us. So way to go. Um, I figured maybe we won't jump into the deep, deep end yet. So I was trying to think of a question. Why don't we start with what is your, I know you're a sneakerhead. What's your favorite (laughs) pair of shoes that you have right now? Okay. This is a good question because my little brother, shout out to Mel, gave me like 17 pairs of sneakers like a couple weeks ago. So my collection (laughs) has grown (laughs) Um, and secretly I do want to be featured on sneakers and preachers. I'm just going (laughs) to put that out there. Uh, Anyways. Um, But yeah, you know, amen. God blesses me. So uh, 
But the favorite pair that he gave me recently was some foam posits that are like neon highlighter color. Like Amazing. I went to an event and they were like, you better highlight that floor. I was like, let's go. <laughs> and so I'm like, they they are like incredibly bright. And I, I'm a really big fan of foam posits, which um, you don't see a lot of females wearing foam posits. So you got to have the like right vibe to, totally. to rock those. And if you don't know what foam posits are, you should Google it. Um, I know. Maybe just, on the video, I'll just like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Flash up the image of yeah, your, your my, amazing highlighter shoes. Yeah, so those are, <laughs> yeah, those are my favorite shoes. And I've got to wear them once. And so, but they're so bright, you got to really pick the right outfit. So I love that. Yeah. What about, uh, let's see, these days, like, is there anything inspiring you? It could oh, be a movie, man. it could be music, could be just What's anything these days. Me? I think music always inspires me. Um, I I enjoy, like, flipping through Instagram and like discovering artists that I've never heard. Mm -hmm. I just, music moves me. I don't know what, like it always has, even when I was a kid. So I think music is, is going to continue to be something that inspires me. Um, yeah. Outside of music, like little people, my nephew, you know, shout out to Sonny. Yeah. He's just sweet. And like, yeah, he's just awesome. So I think I love um, that. Yeah, those are those are two things. Not that they're related music and my nephew, but no, yeah. I feel it like because neither of us have kids, and so yeah. we've got this like anti energy that just like I think because so much of what I do is like either administrative or it's like creative, and it's and I'm I'm loving this season of my life where I give mm. all of my attention towards those things. But there's something about being an aunt where it's just like this whole other side of me that doesn't get a lot of yeah like outlet right now where mm -hmm. it's just like I got a lot of love to give and I love to just like play and be silly and like there's really I've found that like if I keep my nieces and nephews and I'm still trying to work, that's when it's like difficult. Or I can tell they're not having as much fun. But if I'm able to go, like, you have literally 100% of my attention. Oh, yeah. It's much Like, better. we have the best time. And I realize, like, it really fills my tank in this way that, like, all of my work in ministry life doesn't. And so, yeah, yeah I love being an aunt yeah. as well. I, yeah, I can foresee myself. <laughs> I still want to be a, um, a mom for sure. I was like, I'm going to be that mom that's, like, holding my kid while I'm preaching on stage. Totally. <laughs> like, rocking my baby, talking about the peace of God. Mm. Let's go. Yep. So, yeah, family's a big thing. That's been a huge inspiration for me these days. So good. So. I have one question that came from, okay, we're also going to just use the initials of the people. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that you guys wanted to be anonymous, but we're just going to make them anonymous. But um, All right. I wanted to ask both of us. We got a question about what our kind of like our quiet time or like relationship mm. to the scriptures is. Um, this comes from AT. Talk about what your personal Bible study time looks like. What do you read? Where do you read? Do you use study guides, books along uh, with your reading? Do you journal? Yeah. So mm. let's like take it from just because um, I loved this in the previous episode. We talked about how we had a bit more, and I relate with this, like uh, religious kind of structure around my devotional time yeah, when yeah. really I've, I've learned, uh, to kind of shed that for a like non-ceasing prayer life mm, with yes, God and just inviting him in everything. So, so like, yeah, what in general is your quiet time or, um, devotional life with God look like, and then your relationship to scripture? Yeah. Well, I'll start by saying, I think that that's something 
one of the beauties of having a relationship with God that is very dynamic. Totally. He's alive. You're alive. So that should be something that you craft together. Yep. And I think if you do it together, it just makes for a really unique um, experience. So for me, like literally my time looks like I don't, I don't have a tremendous amount of devotionals that I go through unless I feel led in my spirit to read through them. But a lot of times I usually start off just talking to God, have some tea in the morning. It's my favorite thing. And really? I just be like, all right, where we at? <laughs> and I'll begin talking and really just be led by the spirit. And sometimes there'll be scriptures that drop in my heart. As soon as I hear scripture, I always have my Bible and I always have my journal. And so I don't, you know, at some point I'm going to uh, engage both. But a lot of times I'm just opening with conversation with the Lord and just being mindful. And so some of it is whatever's on my heart. I'm like, it doesn't, it's not always you know, glorious and awesome. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, I'm tired and this is what's happening. Yep. And, oh, I, man, I woke up and this thing is still bothering me. Or, you know, God, I woke up, I feel great. Like, I don't know what happened, but I slept well. And how are you doing? And right. um, and then once I hear a scripture pop, pop in my heart, I will begin to read that. And from that scripture, I literally am just, I just listen. Like, I'll read, read slow. And sometimes if I have my journal, I'll do the soap. Um, the acronym, I read the scripture, I will intentionally look for, uh, the O is observation. Hey, what do I see in here? Like, what happened in this story? I will think through some level of application, like, okay, Lord, like, you led me to this. How are you wanting me to apply this? Um, And then I'm always going to end my time with a prayer. That could be me journaling in my book, or it could be me just having a conversation with God. And then when I hit my journal, because my mind works so much, Journaling is actually really difficult for me hmm. because I have way too many thoughts to capture on on a piece, piece of paper. Yeah. So I just journal. I may journal like little baby paragraphs, but most of my time in prayer is at verbal conversation with God. Yeah. And when he speaks to me, whether through scripture, um, whether through just in my heart, which is still confirmed by scripture, right. um, then I'll be like, okay, I need to capture that. And before I look up, I'm like, man, it's been an like hour and 20 minutes. Oh, Lord, I got to yeah. go. <laughs> I gotta, you know, so I don't. Yeah, I don't. And you probably got to that from like doing this so often. Yeah. That you build that ability. Like, and that's okay for our listeners. Like, if you feel like, oh my gosh, an hour and 20 minutes, that was bought with a lot, a lot of yes. time with the Lord. Yes. And that's how you've grown to where you're so comfortable spending your time that way that it can pass by really quickly. Yeah. Um, there's been different times where I feel like, and, and then there's seasons of life where you're like, you have the time to give yep. or you don't, other times you just don't. And maybe like, you know, just a little bit of time each day or every few days is all you can really give or praying on the go in the car or whatever. Yeah. I feel like it always can adjust, however, um, for everybody's life stage and even where you are at your in your heart. Sometimes life is incredibly heavy and like the best you can do is just eke out a prayer, you know, like every few days. Um, but I think, I, and what's beautiful is exactly what you were starting with was it's like this ebbs and flows over life stage. Yep. And it's literally a, a living thing between two living beings. Like yeah. we, it does not have to be the same for each person or the same for each day. Um, and I love the freedom of that. I also journal, like for me, I think my mind is so scattered that I think journaling for me helps me to like consistently pray because I'll, I will just be gone in my mind so quickly, like trying to like solve problems or whatever. And then like what you were saying, um, I also love that like the past few years I've felt that the Lord is, 
instead of like a previous version of my, my mind that said like, I need to take these things that are burdening me, burdening me and put them aside so I can focus on God. Like mm, instead it's like, what is the thing that's most burdensome to me right now? I'm going to talk to God about that exact thing. Yeah. Like, and that's the subject of the day. And oh, like, yeah. and, and watching him like become once again, in my view, much bigger than this thing that feels so big, like allowing him to like take his rightful place yeah. of like being bigger than that and helping like lift that burden off yeah. of me and go into my day like less burdened. Of course, it's still there or whatever, but I have this, I've got so many, you know, examples of times where I just feel like the Lord has lifted that burden through prayer, through scripture. I think I have a somewhat of a like mixed feelings about scripture at different times. I think I'm actually in the a better place now than I was. Mm. And it's so funny to say this, but like the the key thing that changed that for us was that reading it the whole thing in January. Oh yeah. So that some of intense. you listeners, I know, yeah. have like but done that good. with us. Mm -hmm. But the reading the whole Bible in January, you would think that would like break my relationship with scripture, but it almost <laughs> saved it. Um mm. because I was able to kind of start seeing it um, from from a different perspective of like, this is a beautiful book that tells the story of Jesus. It's like yeah. the people group that he came from and all the ripples through humanity yeah. that happened after him becoming a human on planet Earth. And so like understanding that there's plenty in that book for me, but it's not written to me. It is an ancient culture. It's written for me, but not mm -hmm. to me. Like there's been a lot that's changed in my relationship to scripture. And now yeah, we I read it in January and it's not that I don't read it the rest of the year, but I would take I would say I'm a bit more like I'll kind of be here in the scripture and then I'll kind of switch over to here or like lately yeah. I've been it's the first time since literally growing up in a Christian school it's the first time <laughs> I've tried to memorize scripture. Uh I've just like the past hey. few weeks been actually trying to like let up. me see if I can memorize some passages so I can just recite them to myself. And that's been really sweet. Yeah. All right. Next question. Maybe let's talk a little bit about the church and about sure. either staying connected with the church or trying to move back towards it. Uh, this question comes from DW. In several episodes of the podcast, you and your guests talked about staying connected to the church, being in community with other believers. I agree that a faith community is vital to the life of a Christian, but I've also struggled at times to feel safe or valued in traditional corporate church settings um, since leaving the ministry. Do you have any advice for individual Christians trying to move back into Christian community, but feel sh shell-shocked by some of the violent, deceptive, black and white, us versus them language or attitudes we've heard um, from or experienced in church? Um, any ideas on how the church could evolve to be more conducive place for healthy, growing disagreement um, rather than one large voice that pu pushes all contrasting ideas out. Obviously, there's like mm, a lot, a lot that this that. person has experienced mm -hmm. that they're speaking to, and we don't know because we don't know them, like the nu nuances of what they've experienced. But I guess the heart of the question being, how do we move back towards church? What about the fact that that's been a hurtful place or a very divided place? Um, and then how, if we're in those communities can we continue to make them like conducive environments for unity and mm -hmm. growth? Well, I think, I think in conversation, like to start, I think an apology is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't necessarily the person that may have inflicted that pain, but I'm like, yeah. I can hear that in this question. Totally. And so, I mean, for anyone who's experienced hurt at the hands of the church, church leadership, I was like, man, I, I 
yeah, I'm sorry that that happened to you because, and your feelings are completely valid because you're not the only one, right? I think we've all to some degree or another have encountered people in church settings that may have, you know, rubbed us the wrong way or just totally treated us um, in a way that wasn't, that didn't align with God's heart. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's, there needs to be some level of responsibility that's accepted from people who are on platforms, people who are in leadership and ministry. So I want to apologize for if that was your situation because yep. I think that 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 just stinks. Yep. Um, and you know what? To that question of like, okay, so how do you how do I begin uh, making my way back to that place? Well, one, I think it's admirable that you desire. If God is still having, God has still placed a desire in your heart to come back to a community, I think moving in that direction is good and yep. it's healthy. And I don't think it's something you have to feel like, well, I just, you hurt me yesterday, today I'm good. I'm going to throw a prayer on it and keep it pushing. No. Yep. It's like when you get hurt in any other relationship, you need time to heal. Yep. And the healing process for each person may be different. I do think there is a part, obviously, that the Lord is going to do, right? And has already done through the finished work of the cross. And then there's a part that we do, right? Yeah. Owning whatever. I always tell this. I have students, I do workshops about conflict. I was like, whenever you find yourself in the conflict, there does need to be a point where you recognize, hey, what's been my contribution to this? It could have been, well, they treated me really bad. That's very fair. Your contribution may be, hey, what things in my mind that I may have misinterpreted? What things that I just maybe took the wrong way? Maybe what things that I take too personal? What things in my own soul had I not dealt with and this became a trigger for me? So there is some like, okay, I need to own whatever my contribution was, however small or great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then be like, okay, I'm going to move forward and learn from that. But I do think, going back to what I said before, take your time. You yep. may need to start with finding one person. Yep. Not a family, <laughs> not five people, not a whole community group. Yep. You may need to find one person who really loves God, yep. who you actually trust. And you may just need to start with conversations with that one person. Mm. And then once you feel to, you know, feel like you're in a place where you feel comfortable enough to engage another person, and then maybe a small group, and then maybe a larger group, and then maybe a whole congregation, I think that that's totally appropriate. Yep. Um, because at the end of the day, the most important relationship that I would be more concerned with is not necessarily just your relationship with your Christian community. It's your relationship with God. Yep. And so whatever is going to continue to help move you forward and be healthy in that relationship first yep. is where I would work on. Because yep. the tendency is we get hurt at church, church people hurt us, and then somehow that translates into our relationship with God, and then people walk away from God. When really it was other humans who did the bulk of the damage. And so I was like, okay. So, you know, I just, I think focusing on um, maintaining a healthy personal relationship with God, finding at least one person that you trust that actually loves God, and then giving yourself space to grow slowly back into that space. And then I also feel like, you know what? It's also important to just be honest. You know, the Bible is really clear. If someone's offended you, that is a part, this is again, goes back to our responsibility. It is a part of our responsibility as believers to go to that person and say, hey, this was offensive. Yep. This was hurtful. And I think, you know, I have a lot of friends who are in leadership and ministry, and I've heard them say, right, hey, I wish I had more people who told me the truth. Mm. Because sometimes they say and do things and they're thinking it's helpful because everyone's clapping and saying amen. And then you have half your church leave. You're like, what did I say? No one came back and actually told them. This is where it comes, hey, prioritizing other people's growth over your discomfort. 
because I think it's a little unfair to be like, well, they should know. Well, clearly they don't. Right. Like the same level of compassion that you're wanting people to have for you, gosh, have it for them as leaders and yep. just say, mm. hey, you may not recognize that this is incredibly wrong, but this is wrong and it's hurtful to like a lot of us. And you know what? You don't have to own their response. Mm. God is not holding you accountable for other people's actions or what they have to say. But I do believe he is encouraging us and holding us accountable for how we respond um, to certain things. So that's what I would say. I mean, there's no, I mean, we're in a walk with God. Yep. Not a sprint, not a race. Yep. <laughs> like, it's so a good. walk. Even the Lord is like, hey, take your time. Walk totally. with me. Yep. So like walk back into those situations. Don't run. Yep. Don't sprint. Don't so feel good. like like I'm not gonna be a Christian if I'm not like no. Yep. Not true. So that's some of the advice that I would give. It's yeah, that's so good. I don't really have hardly anything to add to that and just fully co-sign what Charlene just said. Um, such good advice. I think um, I've been on my own journey with this and actually find myself like officially committing again mm. to the church that I grew up in. It's a small church. Um, and I just, uh, I think the thing that came to my heart is like, there, I have personally experienced a lot of, a lot of difficult things in church life. Um, so I do understand, um, and I'm not trying to downplay uh, the reality of that with what I'm about to say, but I think this, that, that negative stuff does get the headlines way more than the positive stuff. And that in any, especially like smaller, and I'm sure this can be true in larger contexts, I'm not against those, but smaller, more faithful, long-term communities, like look for the helpers, look for the good people. Mm -hmm. Like it's to be found there. There's consistent people who they're not, celebrities they're not charismatic with the way that they conduct their their lives they're just good old normal people who are somewhat stable because of probably a lot of prayer and support from one another and i think yeah there's just good people still in the church there always has been um it's hard to be in a moment where so much um uh negative and um tragic stuff has kind of been uncovered about the church. It's, yeah. it's embarrassing. It's difficult. It's tragic. It's needs to be dealt with. And it makes sense that we're in this moment, but, um, don't, uh, ask God to open your eyes, not to miss, uh, the good that's all around you. Um, especially in just the enduring like communities of faith in your city, go find one, try a few, that's fine, but yep. find one that's not flashy, that you're not there because of some other dumb reason, which we all have done that before, but yeah. like that, that you just see consistency in the people who are loving and following God over a long period of time. Yeah. And you know what? The Bible says that God is, uh, he's faithful to each generation. Like, what does that mean? It Mm. means that in every generation, the Lord is going to prove his faithfulness to us in that he is, to your point, always going to have the ram in the bush. He's always going to have someone that's going to help soothe and love and be an example of him. That's a part of God's faithfulness, his promise. So if you're looking around, I was like, there's no one. I was like, no, God promised to be faithful to Mm -hmm. us. And so if that's an area where we're needing support and needing to be loved, then it does exist. Mm -hmm. It is a matter of just asking God to point you in that direction. And, you know, for those folks who know that they're walking with God, and I think this is a challenge, right? A challenge to the folks who've been walking with God, who love God, 
and you aren't the flashy person, but you start seeing people who are sliding, I do think there is also like, we could be like, well, they didn't ask for my help. I was like, if you see your brother falling by the wayside, mm. you see people hurting. I think there's also the call for us to rise up yep. and be like, you know, because I think the idea is like, well, I'm not the preacher. Right. I'm not the I'm not the pastor. I was like, no, but you're a son and daughter of the king. Yep. And you know God and you have just as much influence in someone else's life. So for those folks who may be listening, it's like, well, you know, I mean, maybe I'm one of those regular people. I was like, I'm going to encourage you to like go love on someone, yep. go ask someone, hey, is there a way I can support you? And go be that. Yep. You don't have to be, you don't have to have some special appointed title. Yep. And if you did, uh, son and daughter of God is enough. Yep. So good. We have another great question from WF. It says, with regards <laughs> to so many celebrity Christians, in quotations, <laughs> uh, deconstructing lately, how do we pastor our church through these times? especially young Gen Z Christians, where it is all about finding out who you are. Yes. Oh, it's so relevant, I think. Yeah. And it, you know, goes back to what we were just saying. Like, there is a celebrity culture that we've watched crumble in front of us. And I think um, there's a lot of tragedy in that. I'm mourning that with every everyone else um, and have my life has been kind of tangled up in that in mm. its own way, which is being a, a part of... Um, larger church movements or, uh, you know, um, and I do want to point out kind of to my previous thought, like in every place where there's a fallen celebrity pastor, mm -hmm. there's a hundred good faithful people who yep. have to clean up that mess. Yep. And like, and so each environment, yes, like maybe the culture has been so infected by something, uh, negative, like that a lot needs to be uprooted, but often in these places, you're just going to find like genuine like lovers of God who are faithfully trying to serve people and honestly left in the horrible position of cleaning up the mess. But as we talk, like, especially this question brings up Gen Z. Um, I think there's an important point to be made that I keep like observing hmm. in Gen Z culture. I would see, say you see it clearly in the Asbury revival that's been taking place. It's this, um, desire for the real thing. They do not care. Yep. And they've watched the celebrity thing break apart. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's much more our generation who I think was, or at least <laughs> my, the culture I was coming from mm. was much more image conscious, much more like, let's be cool with like to the culture. Like, like let's mm. make the church, our church experience so rad that like, like unsafe people are like, take my life, God. I just, <laughs> this music's so cool. Yeah. And this pastor's, clothes are so cool that like, I'm going to lay my life down for God. Like, mm. and I know it wasn't mm. like that. I'm being like, I'm exaggerating, but yeah, there was just kind of much more of this like seeker friendly. Let's make it really hip. Let's like try to make church as cool as possible in some weird way to like lure in the unsaved world that they will like think it's cool to be Christian <laughs> or something like that. And I feel like we see in Gen Z, like kind of a pretty brutal rejection of like, we don't want it to be like, they're aware of the ways that we have failed yep. them. And they're, I think, eager to like tell us in some ways and separate from the older generation. Absolutely. But I do feel like there's this like commitment to authenticity. Do they have the same like teenage struggles or 20 something yeah. struggles of just like image and like all of that. And, you know, you got to realize like, that's going to be a sneaky thing. That's like, there's a, a pride in that. That's like always going to take down any, any generation. But I think what I love about them is there is this like no BS, just like 
seeking for the truth and for our real experience. And I think that's the grounds for God to do. So I'm personally not scared about Gen Z. I am pumped. Same here. And I'm trying to align my life to serve them mm, and to get ready good. for God to save a bunch of them mm. and and to do much more with their generation than honestly there's a little grief that it wasn't my generation, <laughs> but it's like I honestly think that's true John of every generation. Yeah. yeah John Tyson, this uh, preacher from uh, New York City, I remember him talking about like kind of your moment millennials is gone. Like it's not that we like but like we should position ourselves to serve the next generation. Oh, absolutely. That's actually how we should be investing our time. And so, yeah, I'm not panicking about them. No. Um, I think they're going to be just fine so long as we give our lives to supporting them. Yeah. I think the reason why they make so many people nervous totally. is because previous generations to that point of like having wanting to look like you have it all together, there's a sense of control and they just don't fit. Like totally. you, you're not going to be able to wrangle them in um, the way that you once did previous generations because they got the internet. Right. <laughs> like they got they they can see everything all at once. Whereas previous generations, hey, we only saw and heard what we were allowed to hear and see. They can go find mm. and like they have they just have access to a greater depth of knowledge, even in a, even about God and Scripture. I mean, they can they it's all there for them. Yep. Um, so it's going to be a little bit hard to hoodwink them and like convince them totally. that no, this is not real. I was like, no, it is real. So and I I think I think this is. Yeah, I'm excited about what's going to happen because to your point around just a need for authenticity, I'm like, man, get ready. I think God is like, I mean, even in my private time with God, one of the things that I like, like cry about, I have literally been in tears. I was like, Lord, I believe that there are people in this world that think that there's someone greater than you. Like that there's something greater than you. Right. It is really disturbing to me that people are way more familiar with the voice of preachers and podcasters than they are the voice of the spirit. Yep. And that be, that is like primarily because there's just these gaps in personal relationship with God. And this generation is like, no, I want the real actual relationship with God. And the reason why a lot of folks who are a little bit older are not knowing what to do is because they've never actually established that. Like the number of people that I talk, even when I go and I teach and, you know, I talk about, hey, developing intimacy with God, it still amazes me the number of 40 and 50 year olds who are like, but how, how do I really do that? And Mm. I'm like, oh my goodness, you still don't really understand what it means to hear from the voice of the spirit. You don't know how to sit still with God. Mm. Like, so you go in the church, you've been going to church for 30 years and right. you still don't have real depth of intimacy with God. And you're now holding the microphone, teaching and preaching another generation who is like, what you're saying and how you're living doesn't add up. Mm. And so, and you can't hide it anymore. And so I'm excited about that. I believe that the like the biggest revival is really a return to personal relationship with God. Yep. Every good thing that comes out of our walk and our ministry, et cetera, stems from our personal relationship with God. You live out of the overflow of your actual relationship. Yep. The content that you're sharing that has the most impact should be coming directly out of your lived experience with God. That's why it's more powerful rather than regurgitating something you heard from other people. So I'm like, you know, the best way to be able to prepare for this generation is make sure you have a relationship with God. That's right. Yep. Like, you, like you're going to need to make sure that you're actually walking with God authentically because you're not going to be able to fool them. Yep. And so 
I think for folks who are in our generation who are older, it's like, man, we need to return to a place of like, how, do we really know God? Yep. One of the saddest scriptures in the Bible talks about how there are people like, hey, I, I did this in your name. I did this. And God's like, I never knew you. I never knew you. And I'm like, so they did all these things for God. You did all these extraordinary works and you never actually knew God. Mm. And I believe that this generation, this gen, gen, gen Z is like the generation, like we need to know God. And if it ain't God, I'm not with it. Yeah. It's not a vibe. <laughs> like, like, no. Totally. And I'm like, that's good. I think that's the grounds that God can begin to do something yep. amazing. And you're right. This is the time. Each generation should be preparing to serve the next. Yep. I mean, one of my favorite stories is David, you know, it was all pumped up. God, I want to build this temple for you. And God was really clear that, hey, you're not going to build it. Yep. Solomon is going to build it. But what did David do? He didn't get like butt hurt. Right. He went and gathered all the, the material. Yeah. And he spent the rest of his, like the latter part of his life, gathering material mm. and giving instruction. So not only did he gather material, he gave specific instruction to Solomon. Oh. And that was his legacy. And I was like, that's all this that we're doing, even us as creators, we're gathering material. All these podcasts, all this, like, we're gathering material for a generation who's going to build. Yep. And I'm like, and the joy is like, hey, you've got to be a part of, you got to be a part of building. And there is some grief attached to that. I've had grief. I'm like, Lord, I'm not going to be able to see all the things that are in my spirit. Mm -hmm. But man, what a joy that God's still allowing you to be a part. If you're a pastor, you're a teacher, you're a preacher, you got a platform, man, what an honor that God has given you right now. Build and gather the resources for a generation who's going to take the kingdom of God yep. and like run. Because the way that life, what we know as life and the way we're living it, man, 10, 20 years from now is going to look totally different. Yep. And I'm like, it'd be foolish for us to think that everybody's still going to be doing the same old thing. That... Pre-COVID, like after, like totally. clearly, I'm like, if that didn't wake you up and realize, oh, wow, the world could shift like that. Totally. And your way of doing church and life and ministry can change in 24 hours. Totally. I was like, I think it is wise to get ready and don't be afraid of their questions. Yep. Um, don't be afraid of their exploration because God will find them. Yep. So. So good. All right. Uh, we got another question from Cece. CC. <laughs> uh, my question is, how can I support a friend who's deconstructing and dealing with trauma caused by church? So we've talked about that a little bit. How do I let them question and cast aside what they need to while also welcoming them and reminding them of the love of Jesus that's still available to them? I don't want to force anything on them, but I also don't want to watch them completely walk away from the faith. Yeah. You got to surrender. Hmm. You know, I think the people we love, it's like you got to surrender them and entrust them in the hands of God. Yep. The first thing is to back up and be like, okay, we're not ultimately responsible for anyone else's walk with God. Yep. You're not going to be able to control if they follow Jesus or don't follow Jesus. So, like, take that pressure off yourself yep. and say, you know, Lord, I trust you that if you love them, which he does— and you have a plan for them, which he does, that you are going to work that out in your own timing hmm. and shift your focus from trying to get them to do anything. Yep. I would spend way more time talking to God about them and then spend the rest of your time just loving them. 
And I know that's hard because our desires, but you don't want me to like encourage them to come to Bible study on Wednesday. No, not unless the Holy Spirit tells you to. Because the moments that the Lord encourages you to like actually do anything, okay, he's already prepared them. But if you're trying to create a list of the top 10 things to do to get my friend back in church and you're doing it apart from being led by the Spirit, you're going to do more damage than good. Well, what if they walk away? What if they walk away? God can still find them. Yep. There is no, what does the Bible say? There's no way you can go. You can go the highest of high <laughs> and the lowest of low and God will still find yep. you. And I think we should probably start, we should probably get excited about people having these massive returns yep. that's under the influence <laughs> of God. Yep. As opposed to the grief of like, go to your walk away, I'm going to rejoice because the day you come back, oh, you ain't going to never be the same. Totally. Your testimony is going to be, it's going to be fired up yep. because like, yeah. And so, I, and I have a friend right now. I love my friend and she's going through some changes and she's experienced some church hurt. And you know what? When I talk to her, I just shut up and listen. It's not the time to like, yo, let me tell you about all the things that God's They're like. No, let, <laughs> let her, let him say whatever they need to say. And then you go ahead and take all that. You bring to prayer with God and you ask the Lord, okay, so how should I show up? And until the Lord tells you something different, just keep hugging and loving. And if you feel led, like I was, you know, my friend who I'm kind of walking through some of this and just listening to her, I was teaching at a church and I was like, you know what? I'm going to invite her because I'm teaching, you know, you know me, we, uh, you know, I love you. Um, And so, you know, she came and with tears in her eyes afterwards because the Lord began to speak to her. Mm. And I was like, I wasn't going to try to control it, try to control it, but just extend an invitation. And however God, whatever God is doing, God is going to do. And so I think, yeah, let God be God. Yep. Because he has a better plan than we do. Yep. And, yeah, we could, you know, mm. unintentionally kind of get in the way of the work that God needs to do. Yep. You know, remember, there's a lot that happens in the wilderness. And whereas you feel like, hey, I, like it's important for you to be in church, maybe for their story— their assignment, it's important for them to walk through that wilderness. Mm. And you don't want to um, circumvent that. You know, sometimes if, if, it, if it was up to us, no one would ever struggle. Right. They would never go through anything. <laughs> right. And yet that runs contrary to God's, not saying that God causes those things, right. but he certainly uses them in certain degrees. Obviously, all things turn to good or can be used for good to God's glory. But it's like, man, <laughs> you ain't called to rescue people. Totally. Um, but you are called to love them. So good. Yeah, the only thing I would add is like um, not to panic. I think it's mm. uh, it's what you just said. Don't try to grab control of the situation. Um, if God is true, God is true. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're going to, we are all going to experience that over time. Mm-hmm. If we walk away from him and something drops out of our life and we don't have a lifeline anymore, hmm. that proves he's true. Hmm. And so allowing like, yeah, just not moving in control. I know I've I've had friends who, because it often comes with like lifestyle choices too yeah. that start to alarm you, you do want to like just reach and try to like correct the situation or, or say something or try to like take control. Um, and then I know that some people have felt that way, you know, about me. Like, and oh, she's slipping off, you know? Yeah. And like the, yeah. the, the, the grab for control. And I think exactly what you said, just trusting God, 
with the person because he loves them mm-hmm. more than you and has a plan for your life that's even better than the one that you would make up for them. And and the the only other thing that I've learned to do uh, in uh, in this same kind of conversation is like employ my imagination for just mm. a longer path mm. of what God's doing. Like Amen. often it feels like this has to happen right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we don't have any patience. We're so True. finite that we're just like, no, this has to be fixed right now. We've ha- we have no like ability often to like be like, this may take five years. Yeah. This may take 40 years. Yep. Like God's just like, it's all good. Yeah. Like the where this is headed is a mm. beautiful story. But like our ability to panic and not really be able to handle a longer storyline. So I'm learning to, with That's people, good. especially as it's just taking longer than I thought, uh, to see maybe something happen in their life, just like employ my imagination yeah. that like, and dream with God about what it's going to be like at any point when this person turns their heart back to him. Yeah. All right. We got another question this time from HH. HH. <laughs> Shout out to HH. <laughs> Whenever I have questions for God, it's easy to feel like I'm doubting mm-hmm. or not walking in faith. How do you balance working through in processing hard questions while still maintaining trust in God. Yeah, that's good. I have the same thing. Right. Like you're not alone. <laughs> I'm, you're not alone. Um, in fact, this happens to me often. You know yeah. what I've I've learned as I've grown in my relationship with God. One of the things I've learned is like God can handle it. Yep. He can really handle it. Like. In my head, I'm thinking, no, you you can like create the world, but you cannot handle this question, God. Mm. And it's like, no, you really can. There's no crazy question that we could ask God that he's not prepared for because you already knew it was in your heart. So by the time it comes out of your mouth, it's like, yeah, he's he's ready for it. Um, And there are times when, man, our trust in God, it does waver, right? It could be that we're entering a new territory in our life, a place we've never been. Yep. It doesn't mean that we don't necessarily love God. It just means in that particular area, there's room for growth. Yep. And God is patient and he's loving, he's kind, and he knows. The cool thing about God is he knows the whole story. Yep. So whereas it feels like doubt in this moment, he knows the whole entire story, how this is going to play out. Mm. And so I think you can trust God with your heart. Um, you can trust God with your doubts even. And be like, okay, yeah. And I think it's okay to be completely honest. Yeah. You build healthy relationships. I go back to this. It's about healthy relationships with God. Yeah. I think I'm going to be talking about this until I like hit the grave. <laughs> it's like developing an authentic relationship with God is in a lot of ways very similar to how we develop authentic relationships with human. You can't keep faking the funk with the person you love, a.k.a. stop lying. If you don't really like something... Just say, you know what? I love you, but I hate that hat every time you wear it. I don't know why you like that hat. Is it like I'm questioning my love for them? No, you just hate the hat. So I think there are some things like, God, I really don't understand that part. The whole of who you are, I love. But that one thing is frustrating. And it's from that point you have honest conversations. You may conclude, still hate it. (laughs) Like, still hate the hat. And God is like, you know, whatever the case may be, you still love that person. And I sometimes it's like with God, we feel like, man, if I don't love every single thing, then I don't love anything. If I don't trust this one thing, I don't trust anything. It's not, it's not true. It's not true. It may be that just that one area, 
hmm, I need to grow in my faith. And it may take another, get ready, 10 years before I get to a point. So I'm like, I, I like that. <laughs> it's grown on me. You know, at first I just, hmm. And now I'm like, I see why you wear the hat. Now it's beyond this. I like it. I was like, your head, you respect it. <laughs> your head was cold. I didn't yeah. get it. I like, I didn't want to believe it. Totally. But that keeps your head the warmest. You're right. Like whatever the case may be. Yeah. And you grow into that. I'm like, that's the beauty. I'm telling y'all, this is the beauty of walking with God. There is no one like him. Like actually, you can actually tell him the truth and he'll still love you. You can actually have areas where you doubt God and he'll still walk with you. Ain't nobody else who will do that. Everybody was like, you don't like my hat? I'm out. God never, he promises to never leave you or abandon you. It's, your relationship with God is the safest relationship you will ever be in. It is literally the safest relationship you will ever be in. If there, if like, that is the relationship where you put it all out there. I don't like this. I don't understand this. I love this, but hate this. Read the Psalms. David was like, God, you're good. Slay my enemies and kill them. But you know what, God? You good. I'm like, he's all over the place. Totally. We can be the same way. In fact, I think God is inviting us to a space. Yes. Like, you want to, you don't want to know like what it feels like to have another level of relationship with God. Start pouring that stuff out of your heart. Mm. It's like, man, trust God with the weird stuff that's in your mind and the stuff that you can't sort through and then walk with him and yep. talk with him. So, you know what? It's okay. If you feel like, man, I'm not doubting God, you probably aren't trusting God. But you know what? He still loves you. Yep. And this, that thing that you're like struggling with could be one of the things that takes your relationship with him to another level if you would just trust him with it. So like when I have weird stuff in my heart, I'm like, and I've had a lot of trauma in my, my life. Mm -hmm. And three, almost four decades later, I'm still processing some of that stuff. There's some questions. I didn't ask God until like maybe two or three years ago. I'd been abused as a kid. Right. And I had never like, like I had told people, God is good. Love God. But in my heart, I had this thing mm -hmm. that like every good thing, God, you take away from me. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was hurting my relationship with God. There were things it was like, man, you, you still allowed some things to happen to me. And I had some deep areas of trust, but it wasn't until I was like one night, one time I was praying and it was welling up in my heart and I felt the Holy Spirit say, just say it, just say it. And like, cause I wouldn't dare say it. I wouldn't dare say, why did you let that happen to me? God, why did you like, why did you take my parents away from me? And I just couldn't say it. Theology taught me I shouldn't say it. Other people taught me I should just pray about it. I should just have a positive confession. But it was bothering me. And the Holy Spirit had to be in my own time be like, just say it. And when I said it, I mean, I cried nasty, <laughs> ugly, snotty cry. But it released my soul. Yeah. And you know what? I don't even know that God gave me an answer. But he gave me space to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I think I needed the safety of the relationship more than I needed the answer. Mm. Seriously. Yep. I'm like, the thing that's that like trying to hold you back, I'm like, just say it. Just tell God. And yeah, he's faithful. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to abandon you because you don't believe this one thing. That's not his character. Mm. The one thing that I wish that I could like shake into people is like, man, if you knew God's character... If you really knew God's character, it would change your whole life. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that if I could spend all my time teaching 
and preaching or spoken word, whatever, just using my voice to say, get to know who God really is. Because when you, because I think there's a lot of things that we've just gotten wrong about him. People have taught us the wrong thing. We just haven't slowed down to ask him the right thing. And I was like, man, it's the thing that grieves me. I was like, Lord, there's some things I just, man, I've accused you of that aren't true about you. And the more that I've got to know about God's actual character, I'm like, yo, this is nothing like what I've been taught. All right, here we go. Last lap. Last question. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this final question is from JL. 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 You got to say it with a southern accent. JL. It's like actually like a, a whole name. JL. Exactly. That JL. sounds like a beautiful name. It, yeah. Actually, it would be a pretty girl's name. Anyhow, um, JL asked this question. A question for the podcast. I've been writing and reading a lot about pilgrimage these days. And in that process, I've spent a lot of time in Psalms 84. I've noticed in your recent music a lot of similar language and themes that exist in this psalm. Any of this album connected to Psalms 84? And with that, how would you encourage other exiles, searchers, pilgrims to seek out community in seasons of loneliness? It's a great question. Such a good question. I think this is an awesome kind of final thing, uh, idea to dig into together. I think it makes sense to let, let's, I'll read Psalm 84 for us real quick. Um, and then I have about, 10 things I could say. And I'm sure I'll think of more once I've read uh, this because it is one of my absolute favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My Mm. soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer. Lord God Almighty, listen to me, God of Jacob. Look On our shield, O God, look on us with favor. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Yeah, so this has been an important scripture to me like forever. One, because I love the song. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is... Yeah. I love that song. And I've loved it since whatever, 2001, when it came out on that one album that I loved. I think it was Passion album, whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I've loved that song for a long, long time. And that's how I heard about this scripture. And then um, if you guys have listened to Mission House lately, I've got this song called If If I Was a Bird, which is like exactly this scripture in uh, a song. So I talk... That's... If I was a bird, I would make my nest in the mm. in the rafters of your sanctuary. I don't ever want to fly away. And then at the end of that song, I'm like, I'd rather hold the doors. I'd rather sweep the floors than be anywhere but else but here. So yeah, like obviously this listener mm. is picking up on a on a theme um, and resonating uh, uh, with the the Psalm 84 theme. Um, I think uh, my heart with writing the "If I Was a Bird" song. Um, 
really was this understanding kind of maturing in my understanding of like the courts of the house of God, not being the building that I go Mm. to church in, but his people and even me, like, um, I've, I think it's just been a beautiful journey to like, um, to pick up on the imagery that's in scripture of, you know, the garden and God creating this place to dwell with us. Um, Moses kind of giving us this example of what it's like to to be in the wilderness and walk through this long journey with God, but regularly set up a tent mm-hmm. and meet with him face to face like fr- like friends. Yep. And then that passage says that all the other people in the camp, they stood at the edge of their own tents and watched mm. Moses doing this. So in a lot of ways, I that's been this picture to me of like Moses modeled what it's like to to journey along the way, to carry your tent with you, mm. set it up whenever you need it and meet with God and to model that to the mm. the people around him that they each have their own tent and can meet in the same way with God face to face as friends. And so that's been this thing, this theme over um, my life of learning. And it's it ties into everything we've been saying. Mm. And that's what I affirm about your life is I see the life of someone who's tracked a lot of hours just mm. being with God and meeting face-to-face as friends. And so we really say that to mm. anyone listening. Like, we understand the pain. We understand the questions. Hang in there. Clearly you are hanging in there if you care about these things. If you're yeah. asking these thoughtful questions, you're doing a beautiful job. Hang in there and above all else, continue to to pitch your tent and meet face-to-face with God along your journey. And we are on a journey. Like there will be glory to glory. There will be like no good thing withheld from us and all of that. But we are in the wilderness. We are between, you know, being redeemed and in the full promised land in this life on earth. And like, it is a requirement uh, for survival (laughs) to know how to meet with God. And mm. so I hope that you see that. I know that you guys see that in our lives and I hope that you're encouraged um, to continue in that journey and uh, that re- relationship of what it's like with you and God, which it looks different than it, how it's ever, ever going to look with anyone else. Yeah. You, the two of you have a relationship that he can have with no one else. Yep. He wants to mm. have it with you, with your one life. He loves you, has a purpose and plan for your life. So, um, this is such a sweet, beautiful note to end on. And I want to hear any feedback you have just on this and then we'll wrap things up. It's just good. I mean, it just, yeah. It reminds me of Hebrews uh, chapter 11. The NLT version talks about how all these people had great faith. They were like nomads. Mm. And they were going from, like, they were always in search of this promise, never quite accomplishing it because there was something greater that God wanted all of us to be able to experience. Yep. But they were nomads. And I'm like, I feel like that's that's been the season of my life. It's been my physical season of, like, yep. being and existing in physical places. And every time I move or travel, like, learning how to pitch my tent. Yep. So as you were talking, I was like, oh, I do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm spending time with my family and I, like, pitch my tent with the Lord, there I do have the tea. I do have my right. – but if I'm, you know, traveling, I'm in Raleigh, it looks different when I pitch my tent and spend time with God yep. in a different space. So I, like – as I, you were literally as you were talking, I was like, "Oh wow, God, I've been doing that." If I'm in a hotel and I'm traveling for an yep. event, you pitch your tent, you spend time with God, and learning how to approach God wherever you are yep. has been honestly, it's been one of the most refreshing 
and most invigorating things for me. It's like, man, the Lord really, I mean, he really is for us. Like there isn't, like, think about it. I'm like, God created us because he loves us. Mm -hmm. And there is not another being that exists that he cares more for. Almost like he gave Jesus his only son so that you and I would have the opportunity to have fellowship with him, not just as some random guy in heaven, no, but as a father, one of the most intimate relationships between a, a parent and a child. I'm like, that's what God desires. And so, and I, I think it really like, man, it's got to affect God's heart when there are, when there's anything that comes in between that. And like, I just feel like, as you know, the Lord's done all the work right? It's a finished work on the cross. Jesus yep. did that. But like, man, keep moving towards God. Keep looking for him. Keep asking about him. Keep inquiring. He's not hidden. He's not hiding. Yep. He's not like far off. He's very present. Yep. It's just really acknowledging like, oh, you're here. And so where do we go from here? And so, yeah, as I like, literally, I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize I was walking through Psalms 84. I was like, oh yeah, that's been kind of my journey of life, and, and it's been it's been cool to discover. Um, I don't know. It's just been cool. I, I'm excited because I get to spend all of eternity learning God. Mm. Not because I, for any, for no other reason except just pure joy and excitement. Like, I just, I want to know who you are. Like, the more I know God, the more I've wanted to know God, the more I want to know God. Mm -hmm. I think for those people who are kind of wavering their faith and just kind of dry and I like, man, just strike up a new conversation with him. Just start fresh. Yep. Be like, you know what? All right. We've had our riff. <laughs> like, we've been talking for a while. Or, wow, I just feel like a lot of things have gotten in between. But start again. Mm. Yep. Start again. Ask God a new question. Um, I think some people, you're going to have to unlearn a way that you thought you should approach God. Because I was like, that was never God's plan. Yep. You know, people, unfortunately, um, were kind of teaching you all they knew. And if they've never experienced that depth with God, there is no way for them to teach you how to get there. Mm. And we should have compassion, right? Um, but we should also not let that hinder us from going on. That's Just right. because every leader in your life has not developed that or if every person who's led you up into this point has not really shown you what it's like to walk with God doesn't mean that it's not possible. Right. Um, let this moment, even if you're like, man, who would have thought that I would listen to a podcast and be inspired to continue reading my Bible again or seeking God? I was like, well, welcome to, to the new age, right? You know, like God is, God is, you know, he's, he wants us to sing a new song. Yep. And so we happen to have technology and podcasts, but I'm like, God will reach you wherever you are. Yep. And so if like, if it happens to be through music, happens to be a podcast, know that God is like, Hey, I still, I still want to be with you. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's just my encouragement. It's like, man, don't give up. Don't give up on God. I get it. If you want to give up on people, because people can be peopley, yep. right? It can be really difficult, but don't give up on God Yep. because I'm like, man, I just feel like that's, it would just be a, a huge missed opportunity to not experience the goodness of walking with God. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're a wise woman. Thank you for just sharing that with everybody hey, man. today. It's been a joy. Yeah. I pray Pure it helps gold. people. Yeah. Yeah. It will. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening. We out. <laughs>